Daily Adventure Tales, Episode 21. Show Notes, Cliff, C-L-I-F-F. We continue on this week from last week with conversation with my fake son, Steve, and my husband, the wonderful Mark, all about what happened to me on the third day of the new media conference. So hold on to your horses because it's quite the ride. To Daily Adventure Tales, the podcast about daily adventures for everyday people, with your adventure host, Lori Weaver. Who knows who's today's very special mystery guest? I've been waiting a few weeks myself to find out. I hear tell it's quite the story. Okay. Now, here comes the big story I've been waiting and waiting to tell. (laughs) Now you're... Everybody's (laughs) dropping their hands in anticipation. Maybe I better go get a beer for this. Yes. Yes, please stand by. I need to go get a beer for this. Sorry, (laughs) Mom, but that's just how it is. Cool. So, now I've got my beer. I've got to take a drink. So I told you that I didn't know most of the big wigs in podcasting, but that wasn't 100% true because I did know one really big wig, and his name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and he's known as the Podcast Answer Man. And if you're a new podcaster and you're searching, how do I podcast, you'll get to his tutorial of howtopodcast.com, but he makes a quarter of a million dollars a year podcasting. He started out in 2005 with a hobby podcast on Lost. The show Lost. Remember we went to the, I wanted to see the ending of Lost so much right. we went to the hotel. We actually went to a hotel yeah. since we were on TV. He started as a hobby and he's grown it so well with his affiliations and people who pay him for consulting and all of this. He is, it'd be like going to the writing conference and meeting Stephen King. So he'll say his own self that he's a big fish in a very small pond. But when he's in that pond, he's very big. All right. Now, Cliff is a really great guy, and he's very nice. And he has a lot of people who pay for his time or are fans of his time. Or in addition to being like a very well-known podcaster in the podcast community, he's also the director of the podcasting track for the New Media Conference. He is so busy that he actually has handlers that take him wherever he needs to be because he doesn't even know. So, like, you know, we're from the Hollywood area. Doesn't that sound familiar to be with someone or a political person? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's not just somebody who's going to the convention or a conference and is well-known. That's a guy who's actually... A big wig. A big wig, okay? (laughs) Big, big, big. So I went to one of Cliff's classes, and they were recording them for people to see later. So you would go up to the microphone in order to ask your question. So this was like the first or second day of the conference. I went to his class, and I gave a really brief background. Like, oh, I'm Lori, and I started podcasting because of my accident and all of this kind of stuff. And what I do is I interview everybody that I'm have anything to do with, right? 
Well, I said it a lot more eloquently at the time. But anyway, I worked in my story into my question and said, since I'm here at the conference now, can I interview you, Cliff Ravenscraft? <laughs> what balls did I have? Yeah. He said, yes. Did he do it right there? No. He, he did it later. He, yeah, he said, we got to talk to the handler. So I went to him later, you know, but, but he said yes, and everybody was clapping. So not only was this an exciting moment that Cliff Ravenscraft said yes to me, but because I told my story in the context of this question, a lot of people were in his class and knew, knew me from that story and came up to me later and wanted to have other contacts with me and stuff. So I was very excited. But it was on by day three, he still, we still hadn't gotten together. And so I ran into him like at a, a, a lunch break kind of thing and said, like, well, when, when can I interview you? You know, do you remember that you said that you would? He says, yes, I do. He goes, well, I'm just so busy. This is how I first got the inkling. Like, I'm just so busy that I don't know when. Mm -hmm. And so we kept kind of running into each other. And finally he goes, well, do you have some time now? Because I have like 20 minutes. And I'm like, great. So we sat down together and we had like one of the most heartfelt interviews. Though, to be honest, part of it were things I know that Cliff would say in any interview because yeah. some of the stories I had heard before but even so it was very heartfelt it was great it was about 15 minutes which was 10 minutes more than I was expecting because he's so busy okay when we got done we checked this it did not record oh my god are you kidding I'm not kidding what? it did not record did you tell him he knows that <laughs> we were there and he's very, and I'm talking, this is like a guy that's it's horrifying. This is like terrible. <laughs> and I said, Mr. Ravenscraft, sir, as far as I'm concerned, you have fulfilled your obligation to me. I asked you for an interview. You gave me one. And now there it's was, all stored in your head. There was, there's no guarantee. Is there but, any way to download the data from your head and put it on? No, I it was. We'll figure out a way. It was a terrible moment, right? But oh my god! But it was also like, oh my goodness, this is this like of all the people I'd interviewed, it couldn't have screwed up on someone else, right? And he said, oh, you know, don't feel bad, I've done this before. Okay, so long. Now he said, I'm going to try to give you another interview. Now this is a guy who doesn't even have thirty seconds. Yeah. I mean, this is like, and I'm like. Well, if you can, that's great. But all day long, he kept saying, like, I'm giving you, I actually have his assistant's phone number. He let me call his assistant, right? Yeah. So I'd leave voicemails. They'd say, meet here. I'd run there. So I was like Cliff Ravenscraft's stalker <laughs> that day because he'd say, well, I'll meet you at this time, or the assistant would say that, and I would go to that place, and he'd be behind or have to go somewhere else. So that's how I ran into Gina again, Gina Carr and her boyfriend, Terry Brock, who wrote the book, because they were interviewing Cliff on film for a, a television thing, because her boyfriend, Terry Brock, is a journalist, and after they heard my song, song and dance, because he had to leave then and not interview with me, they felt sorry but happy to meet me, and so they signed their names to their book and gave me the book for free so I could learn about my clout score, and they've been following up with me. So I said, that was really great. Then I went to Starbucks immediately after, and I was so bummed. I was just bummed. And I met this nice lady, and 
Her name is Sandra Payne. Here it is, Sandra Payne. And she is a video director in LA. Recording. And you see that it's recording. Yeah. I can see that. It's totally recording. I'm, I'm so happy. This is totally recording. <laughs> hey, adventurers. I'm just getting over one of the embarrassments of my life. Right now, I'm sitting here with Sandra Payne from SP Wright Productions, and she's a web director. And I think that is so cool because I want to eventually take this into web production myself. And we met in Starbucks at the conference, and just like the synergy, I was saying what, what my blog is about you know, having daily adventures. And she was sharing with me that she had a whole year's worth of adventures. So Sandra, could you tell us about how you came to that decision? Well, I had a big birthday, which I won't mention which big birthday it was, but it was big. And uh, I decided that, you know, when, as you get older, it's important to start challenging yourself to get out of like habits that you might have. So I decided I would call my year the year of adventure and I decided I would do something new at least once a month that I had never tried before which is actually kind of hard for me to do because I've done a lot of stuff but I um, I found all sorts of fun things to challenge myself with and it was a really great year and now I don't want to quit. Of all the things that you tried which one scared you the most in advance? Uh, jumping off the stratosphere in Las Vegas was challenging. Oh, <laughs> That was a big one. Did you have fear of heights prior to that? I didn't have fear of heights, which is helpful, because I don't think I would have done it if I had been that afraid. But when you're standing out on that platform, it's 1,920 feet up, and you look down and you think, okay, well, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Did you have that split moment of uh, take this harness off? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I was like, Get, what am I doing? And then all of a sudden, I was jumping. Okay, and here's the important part to me is, what was it you told yourself to allow yourself to take that step? I think part of it is because there was people waiting for me at the bottom and I, and I told them I was gonna do it. And so then the motivating factor is you can't really flake out because everyone's gonna be like, wait a minute, she said she was gonna jump and then she was a chicken. So I didn't wanna be a chicken. <laughs> Positive peer pressure. <laughs> peer pressure was super important. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that's really important too because we've all heard the old thing about like, make your goals, write them down, do all that. But it really is powerful if you tell people what you wanna do. That's true, accountability. That's a very good point is like, over my year of adventure I had told people in my life I was gonna be doing adventures and so people would ask me what are you doing like, and so then I would think well I gotta think of something and it was there was an accountability aspect to it well there is and I've now that I've been doing my podcast and blog for a while I'm thinking I was really an idiot to call this daily adventure tales <laughs> 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 because I do have an adventure every day. For me, it's kind of smaller things. It might be just like now to admit to the stranger, guess what, I screwed up in front of Cliff, or having the courage to ask Cliff, that counted that as my adventure yesterday. It might be a mental shift, or it might be feeding the ostrich, or jumping off the stratosphere, that would be a, a little much for me, <laughs> but that kind of thing. So I really respect that. I think that's a cool thing, and I'm hoping that you will maybe Give me some audio for the listeners later on to, uh, describing some of your adventures because I think that would be really fun to hear. Thank you. And I wanted to say I applaud you for considering all things that are new a little adventure. Like to be able to make leaps of faith and take a chance 
even when they're small, make a new recipe, go down a different street, shop in a new store. Those are all little mini adventures that are really fun and it's fun for our brain to do new things. And I think as we get older, it's important to challenge ourselves to make sure we don't live in a rut. It, that's it exactly. It's like you might feel kind of lost if your career changes or your family's grown or you become a caretaker or you're suffering a loss or you're retired expectedly or unexpectedly. But just because we used to be somebody doesn't mean we can't be who we are now and find out who we're going to be. And that's what this is about for me. And it's been a delight to meet you. And she's a hot shot. She's going to be on a video director panel. So I'm really honored <laughs> that she came here to speak to me in the hallway at Starbucks. So good luck on the panel, and thank you so much for taking the time out. Thank you so much, Lori. I really appreciate your time. Okay, and the only reason that she talked to me, that I got a chance to talk to Sandra Payne, is because I had this horrible experience with Cliff Ravenscraft. <laughs> so, in fact, she was on a video panel. She was going to go to a, a conference panel for video, that she stopped and gave me her story because when she had had like a big birthday, she decided to do a year of adventure. So once a month, she would do something she'd never done before. So she liked my podcast, she felt sorry for me, and we decided that we would stay in touch and maybe do some filming or do some stuff. And all of this is because I screwed up with Cliff Ravenscraft. <laughs> so I'm going like, well, you know, I'm really sorry that I didn't get Cliff Ravenscraft, but it's great that I met Sandra. It's fantastic that I got to know Gina Carr. She helped me with my clout score and all of this. And I got known by some people, all because I messed up. <laughs> and then the day kept going on and on, and I was getting kind of sicker and sicker, too. That's when my sore throat was happening, that I didn't quite understand it. So I see Cliff again. He says, all right, come here. Didn't work out. His assistant's assistant said to me, Cliff wants to go to this session. Would you mind sitting in with this session? I said, I'll go wherever he wants to go. So I'm sitting there trying to stay like behind him so as not to stalk him further because I'm feeling really bad about this. I'm like, you just enjoy it. Don't worry about me. So when he's done with that session, he says, okay, come on, let's go. In the meantime, one of his regular fans, the people that does, he had agreed to do an interview for him. So he had to fit it in. But this fan had screwed up and lost his windscreen off his mic and was all freaked out. So I gave him mine and said, here, you go. So and I'll guard this door because they had found an empty room for this fan to interview him. I said, I'll guard the door so no one will come in and mess up your sound. So I stood guard at the wow. door. You were being especially friendly. Well, I could follow. Like pushed him down the stairs. No, I, I figure like, OK. By now, I truly understand how you don't just get yeah. to see Cliff Ravenscraft. You just don't. He'd already given me a 15-minute interview, yeah. and I screwed up. And now, you know, I'm kind of like, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever yeah. I can to make his life better, right? And it's good. You're supporting the other, yeah. the other folks yeah. at, the, at the conference. So while I'm sitting out here in this hallway <laughs> guarding the door, this other guy comes by whose name is Mike Mataluni from Kick-Ass Dads, their podcast. And we talk a little bit. I tell him what happens. And he's like, oh, bummer. This is awful. So he goes off. In the meantime, guess what? Cliff lets me interview him.
Hello, adventurers. I'm here on day three of the New Media Expo, and today two of my dreams came true. The first, the good kind, the lottery kind. I asked my podcast hero, Cliff Ravenscraft from Podcast Answer Man, if he would give me an interview, and he said... Absolutely. And guess what? We sat down together in this man's busy, busy schedule. We had 15 minutes of heartfelt, nice, connective time that would be great for you to hear, but guess what? Dream number two, the kind where your pants aren't on in the, <laughs> in the classroom. <laughs> Because after our 15 minutes of excellent podcast material that would have wowed you all, trust me, it would have, I discovered I did not have my recorder turned on. I felt like about one inch tall, and I felt so sorry, especially because I was wasting Cliff's time after doing me this favor. Well, two things I want to say. Okay. In all fairness to you, the recorder was turned on, and the type of recorder that you have, you have to hit the record button once to put it in standby, and it blinks. Yeah. And then to actually hit the, to actually start the recording, you have to hit it a second time, and then the little light goes solid, and then it's recording. The reality is, is you hit it the one time, and you went to go press it the second time, but it the second press did not go down all the way, and I'm sure you were nervous, and so therefore you didn't look to see if it went solid, to see if it was actually counting down a certain amount of time, and as a result of that, uh, that's what happened. So it's, yes. it's totally understandable. So this comes to my first podcast tip ever for podcasters. Make sure the recorder is on. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not to steal your thunder, but there's Lori's authenticity tip because I also went to Cliff's wonderful session today with Pat Flynn all about being real which is why I'm admitting to my mistake in the hopes that maybe you won't make it but the other thing that I learned through this it's really been a blessing to me so you never know when things turn out the way they're supposed to I made two good contacts that are just what I needed because I had this story and because I was real about how I felt that would not have happened if my interview had turned out perfectly and also I've been following Cliff like a crazy stalker woman waiting for the moment when he could have another piece of his schedule and because of that I got to see what it's like to live a life of a successful wonderful podcaster like Cliff and I know a lot of us out there really long for the fame and the success and the money and all of the things that are well deserved but there's another side to it there's a lot of really hard work and I was wondering if we could kind of discuss like how this like this was my first conference and everybody's hi Lori it's cool, but if I want to go chill, I can. So how, how is the conference different for you, the king of podcasting? Well, first of all, I, it, it is crazy for me. I, you know, I come to a conference like this, and what I like to say is, you know, I, in the in the large space of the world, I'm a really small fish. And, and I'm really, I am honestly, Laura, I am no different than you. I really am not in the larger scope of things. I am just like you are. In this conference, at this place, with a couple thousand people here, um, and as a director of podcasting uh, for the podcasting track of New Media Expo, where every single person in this place pretty much knows who I am, knows my name, and the reality is is that with thousands, you know, tens of thousands of people who heard that I were going to come here, they're out of those tens of thousands, uh, there are probably just over a thousand people who came here just to see me during the three days of this conference. And you can imagine, you know, the number of people who have traveled. I've had people who have traveled from Australia, from the UK, uh, from, well, just all over the world. And all of them would love to have 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of your time. And I desperately, 
desire to give every single one of them much more than that. But the reality is, is it's just not possible. And that kills me. It really does kill me. Um, what I do to offset that is I try to say hi to as many people as possible. I try to be polite and stuff like that. And I try to be polite. I am polite. You are polite. I have a witness. Yeah. You are polite. So, I, you know, I, I say hi to as many people. When people stop me and stuff like that, I, I, I don't complain or anything like that. Um, and, and what I do is I'm intentional. I, I create avenues or, or environments where people will have an opportunity. So for example, one of the things that I did is I had a private meetup. Now the reality is, is I could only, I couldn't invite every person who was coming to the conference to be in this one place. I mean, I, I can't put a thousand people in one room anywhere except for in the keynote hall, and that you know wouldn't have been, you know, it, 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 you know that's the thing. Anyway, I had a I had a private meetup, and so I invited about seventy five of the people that I knew that were coming from some of my inner circle, the people that I'm closest to, and some of those people who said, "Gosh, Cliff, I traveled all the way from Australia. I traveled." And it's like some of these people. It's like these weren't necessarily they weren't members of my podcast mastermind. They weren't members of people who went through my podcasting A to Z course. By the way, all of those people who are here definitely got some personal one-on-one -on -one time with me during this meetup. But I also said, you know, man, you traveled that far. Come to my personal meetup. Don't tell anybody about it. It's invite only. Yeah. And so I invited 72 people. By by the time, you know, I met some of these people and they told me, I, said, I, I have to go run and do this interview. I have to go be at this place right now. And by the time I did it, this is probably about 120, 130. 30 people at that little tiny meetup. And then I had another meetup with my friend Pat Flynn, as you know, and Kat and uh, Chris Ducker. And the three of us uh, reserved an entire restaurant last night. And we had a limited number of seats. And we uh, we basically said, listen, the only way we can make this fair is that all three of us um, tweet and send out emails to our audience, our communities at the same time. And within 90 minutes, every single spot that was available in that restaurant was closed. And it was a big, huge, you know, restaurant at the uh, Mr. Lucky's at the Hard Rock Casino. So, and, and of course we bought everybody dinner that night. So we're trying to say, and the, and the thing is, is even in a space like that, there's a hundred, 200 people in, the, in these, in these meetups. And it's three hours long. There's only you 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 do the math. You can't actually have a five or ten or fifteen minute conversation with all the people that are there. But hopefully, you shake every single person's hand. You spend as much time as you can with as many people as you can, and you hope and pray that those people actually uh, connect with other like-minded people who share the same passions that what drew them, drew them to me. And that the reality is, is that again, you know, I'm just a, just an average. I hope that they actually enjoyed meeting each other. Um, and so the big thing is, is that, you know, I'm a big fish in a small pond, you know, and, and, and New Media Expo is a small pond. But when I come here, I'm a big fish. And it's it's like everybody's throwing their hook out, you know, everybody's throwing your, your hook out. And, and it's difficult. You know, you wake up, at, I wake up at six o'clock in the morning. And I try to get down here before anybody else to prepare for my talk and to prepare for my sessions. Um, you know, as the director of podcasting, I actually have meetings with volunteers and tell them what to do and, and what they need to accomplish. Um, 
I try to make arrangements to set interviews with certain people at certain times when I can. And then literally it, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and you realize I haven't eaten today. You realize I haven't gone to the bathroom today. And it's like, I've got to go to the bathroom. And it's like you. And I wondered about that. Like, can, yes, can you go or do like, people approach you? It, well, well, they don't approach me usually in the bathroom, except for I recently I just went to the bathroom. <laughs> and I, as I was washing my hands, I had a conversation on the way out. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, to, to go to the bathroom, it might be 600 feet to go to the bathroom, which normally, and if there was nobody here and it was just you, you'd, you'd walk it in 30 seconds, you're in the bathroom. Well, that trek usually takes about 45 minutes to an hour and a half to get to the bathroom because of how many people are here and how many people desperately have been waiting to take the time to shake your hand. And, and I don't say that to, I mean, you brought this up. I mean, Yes, I did, because I, just, I thought, you know, we've heard your story, or if you haven't, you should go to podcast answer man slash about yeah podcast answer man dot com slash about and scroll down to the video that tells cliff's story and believe me it's really worth hearing i wish i had captured it the first time but i think this is also worth hearing that fame and success isn't just glitz and glamour it's a lot of hard work to get there it's a lot of hard work to be there and if you're a humble person that is that's grateful for this then there's a lot of give back and sometimes even if you want with all your heart to give back. It's just not physically or emotionally possible. It just isn't. Now, I started out my career as a school teacher, and I was in the fourth grade school teacher, and because of budget cuts, they wanted the, the one through three to be smaller. So my class size went from 28, which was great, to 35. Now, imagine having seven extra papers to read, seven extra things to do every single day and every subject and every kid to track. Well, I started making appointments with the kids to review their handwriting and a little known secret is my handwriting. This is my tip to let you know I was paying attention. Mm -hmm. My handwriting is so gosh awful, so bad, that my goal to be a third grade teacher was denied by the school district because that's the grade they teach you penmanship. Mm -hmm. My penmanship is terrible. It still is to this day. But I would make an appointment to review the kids' handwriting only to talk to them, to make sure I talked to every one of the 35 kids in my own class, which is my job. So I would say, okay, Johnny, your slant needs a little work. Your goal is to make a little more slant. And I didn't know if it needed it or not, but Johnny would say, okay, and knew that he had my attention, at least for that two or three minutes of handwriting review. And for you, you you can't do that. You no. can't you can't even give that minute. I want to. I, I literally, you know, there's three days. There's you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Honestly, I, I don't get breakfast. I don't get lunch. Uh, well, I, I you know I might get three minutes for lunch, um, and then you know dinner. You know it's usually having dinner with you know 100 people that have signed up before the conference started, um, and and it's it's tough. You know because I really I would love to sit down and have a 30 minute one on one lunch with every single person who came here to see me, or to, who basically maybe not just came here just to see me, but came here and really have been inspired by my story and, and have gotten started in podcasting because I've helped them, uh, and they just wanna say hi and thank you, and I, just, I, 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 I want more than just to shake their hand, hear their name, and then 45 seconds later, without looking at their name badge, not know who they are. That kills me inside. I so get that, and that's why I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. Now, podcast audience, I did like maybe not a very classy thing because I was recording everybody I met at the conference. I went to the mic at Cliff's, Cliff's first session about how to podcast, like Podcast 101, and I asked him for an interview at the mic, which 
which is really not classy. I didn't mean it that way to trick you. And I'll probably cut this out so no one else does this trick on you. But. No, no, actually leave it in. I think you should. Um, but the, the reality is, is, is the thing is, is when I wanted people to know is nine times out of 10, if you ask somebody for an interview, no matter what field, no matter how big they are, in an audio podcast, because of how podcasting has become so prevalent, nine out of 10 people will say yes on average. Uh, so basically, you know, the thing is, I could have easily told you no. Uh, and I, so I'm in complete control over what I do and don't do. That's a really good point. But, but the reason I said yes to you is because I wanted to set an example for the people that were in that audience. See, she asked, I said yes. If I would have said no, I would have actually not been able to reinforce what I told them. But I could have easily still reinforced it and said, yes, I will. Unfortunately, I'm booked for interviews this entire uh, day, yes. and I leave tomorrow morning. But as soon as I get home, I will be happy to put you on my schedule. You know, that is a really good point. And I want to go back to what you said is because I was feeling guilty, like, you know, I, I didn't mean it at the time. But when I asked for that, after the words, I'm going like, oh, you're so pushy. You are, like, doing things that you shouldn't. But you're right. You were in con you were in control. You could have said yes. So it's okay for people, as long as you're polite and respectful, to ask for what you want or need. It's okay to do that because sometimes that's how the door opens for you, and you also just have to be willing to accept not now or later. As long as you're willing to do that, it's really okay to ask in a respectful manner. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's there I gave my little story. I gave my teaching story, and then we wrapped up with a lesson. So did I, I do well from following yours and Pat Flynn's Absolutely. Seminar? I loved it. And, and you know what? The only way that you would have failed is if you actually do edit out the part where you said you were going to edit it I out. I promise I won't. Leave it all in. Because that would be not authentic. So see, I slipped into my I want to look good mode. Exactly. But, be you. But I'm really pretty real and easygoing and laid back. So The, the reality is, is what you experience and all of those things that you felt, yeah. those are real parts of your story and it's valuable. And if you never share it, then people think you're better than you are. And if they think that you're better than you are, they think that you're so much more than what they could ever attain themselves. And you become unrelatable. Well, I'm certainly, the other blessing besides what I mentioned is I did get an extra chance to really get to know Cliff. And when I come comment on your Facebook or comment on your podcast, Answer Man, even though I'm not a member of your mind, group I'm sorry the mastermind group mm -hmm. you'll know you'll say there's that Lori who yeah, followed me around at the conference so is I'm, it Lori it is Lori and I've called you Laura three or four times in this oh, episode oh that's okay I am so sorry you know kind of, I kind of really don't edit it out though I won't but here's the quick story is I'm the first girl in like three generations of my family so they didn't pick any girl name for me at okay. all. I was Timothy Andrew. That was it. End of it. I come out. Surprise. <laughs> and it's not the last time I surprised my family either. But there I am. I'm a girl. My mom's like, I don't know what to name this thing. It's a girl. I have Aunt Laura and Aunt Jeanette. So my mom chopped those names in half and made Lorette. Ah, okay. Okay, which is a beautiful name, but I've yeah. only called it when I'm in trouble, so I don't answer to it. <laughs> All right. But anyway, that's where Lori comes from. And on Twitter, I'm Adventure Lori. So go ahead and give me a tweet. But I want you to go check out Cliff's story, and I want you to know that he's a real guy. He's honest. He's hardworking. Go ahead and ask, but be willing to hear the no, because he is doing the best as he can with the blessings he's been giving. And he's a, a real example to me of how I want to grow my podcast success. Thank you so much, Cliff. Thank you, Laurie.
And I said at the start of the interview, well, Cliff, we had this really heartfelt interview the first time. He goes, Lori, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> I'm like, I know. <laughs> but you know what? I think I've got a better topic, if you don't mind. I said, I've got a chance now to really follow you all day. And everybody says, all of us podcasters want to be successful, like Cliff Ravenscraft. But I've got to see the price of that. I get to see what your life is like in a conference because you're so successful. Do you think it was actually better than the first interview or just different? I think it's different. Is that, you know, well, you've been out in the political scene where there's certain stories that people just tell the press, right? So, like, he had already done the first interview with me when I watched him do the interview with Gina and Terry, right? And so a lot of the same stuff was coming out. So even though he was very heartfelt and genuine in my first interview, he was telling me a lot of the stories that he tells because he gets asked yeah. these questions a lot. Not too many people are stalkers to Cliff and, and <laughs> recognize this yeah. part of his persona yeah. and his genuineness in this way. So I got to speak about a shared experience that we had that was yeah. different. That's really cool that that happened. So that something kind of, good came out of something really bad. Yeah. <laughs> something and, awful. And where I was proud of it, I mean, I really wanted to die. I thought, <laughs> this is just, this. how could this be worse? Uh, yeah. How, I've had this similar stuff happen, uh, recording stuff on video and there's no sound, or I think my graduation, there was no sound. <laughs> it was just me getting the diploma. Uh, so I was very proud that even at that moment of, oh shit, sorry, this is PG, that's why I didn't say OF, okay? <laughs> that oh shit moment, I still was gracious enough to say, well, at least I got to speak to Cliff. Yeah. You know, Cliff will. And he'll never forget. And he'll never forget. He might want to forget. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hon, what do you think now that you've actually heard the interview with Cliff Ravenscraft? Well, now I understand what you were, you know, why you were waiting to let me know for three weeks instead of telling me right away. (laughs) Really? Do you think it was worth waiting three weeks to hear that interview? Oh, yes. (laughs) Why? What did you like about it? Well, I think it sh- it just shows a little slice of life. It uh, you know what it's like to be a popular person in a in a, a pond, uh, you know, and uh, a big fish in a small pond is 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 an interesting concept. And you know, having to take 45 minutes to go to the bathroom is is something that I'd have, I wouldn't even think about, but uh, I guess astronauts have to do it. Everybody else has to do it too. So we all have challenges there, just different ones. I see. The takeaway was it takes a long time to go to the restroom. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Oh, honey, you are wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know what the song is this week? Yeah, what is the song this week? It's called Dream on Dreamer by Uncle Neptune. Okay, nothing about restrooms there. <laughs> no, it's a song, it's it's Uncle Neptune. We've done him one week before, too, but he's like, he almost sounds like a happy Kermit the Frog. He's a real fun singer, and this song is all about keep on dreaming no matter what, which I thought was good for this week. Yeah, I, well, actually, I think it's good for any week. Uh, you know, it's always good to have dreams. All right, adventures. Have a great week and enjoy Dream on Dreamer by Uncle Neptune. People always tell me I'm a dream.
Sometimes I rise so fast I break the speed of sound So that next time people taunt and tease you Laugh along and show them That's a wrap. For more information, visit dailyadventuretales.com.